So it's very interesting listening to the testimonies. Like, my, wow, they're 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 preaching the sermon. <laughs> That's really good. Um, there's a difference between the spiritual power or the spiritual energy that God gives you versus physical energy. There's a difference. They relate to each other, but there's a difference. So Jesus, he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Before he was betrayed, before he was crucified, he's in the garden. What is he doing? He's praying. Why is he praying? One of the big reasons why he's, why he's praying, he's preparing himself to suffer. Ever realize that? Jesus was preparing himself to suffer. And he was trying to share this with the disciples. Hey, dudes, pray. It's time to pray. They kept falling asleep, kept falling asleep. Hey, what did Jesus say? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's energy, there's power in the Holy Spirit. But our flesh can only do so much. Just like, who said that? What initially said that? Initially said that. Our flesh can do only so much. It's so interesting. So Peter, the guards come, getting ready to arrest Jesus. What does he do? He, he, he uses his flesh, his human energy to try to win the spiritual battle. And Jesus said, no, put that knife away. That's not what you need. You need another type of fight through the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that Jesus said, if you don't pray, you can enter into temptation. What was that temptation? I believe part of that temptation that Jesus was talking about, it was the temptation to run and not be willing to suffer with Jesus. There is an urgency that I feel in my heart. I was talking with some leaders yesterday, and there's an urgency that we prepare ourselves. Do you know that part of our calling is to suffer? You know, in American church, we don't like that word. You know, for, I've been in the church for a while, and I really have not heard that word a lot, if at all. I'm not going to look to suffer, but suffering is a part of being a believer. Uh-oh. Can you help me in this? I don't know why it's not working. Anyway. Suffering is a part of being a believer. So we're going we're gonna to read chapter 2. We're in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Let's read chapter 2 of 1 Peter. God wants to get us ready to suffer. And I say that in light of the things that's going on in Israel. Do you know that the last days, 
was when Pentecost happened. But I believe we are, we are in the end times. Like I was saying, I got distracted. I believe we need to have an urgency to prepare ourselves to be ready to suffer for Christ, our Savior. As my friend Phil says, we need to be not afraid to bleed for Jesus Christ. Are we ready? Are we ready? Is the American church ready for that? I hear that in China, in, in Iran, they're praying for us to have more persecution. They're praying for us. If they have more persecution, guess what? They'll get more on fire for the Lord. I believe part of the reason why we're not on fire and we're kind of cold over here is because we lack persecution. Because when we're persecuted, we have to trust wholly on Jesus Christ. Amen? But there's something about preparing to suffer. So with 1 Peter, in the book of Peter, 1 Peter, it's interesting that Peter uses the word suffer 17 times. Why is that? You know what I believe part of that is? 17 times he used the word suffer. Peter realized that he didn't pass the test to be, to be ready and willing to suffer for Christ. So what is he wanting to do? By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wants to help us get ready to suffer. This is not our home. This is not our home. But in this, in this place that we, where we're in now and in, in where we're supposed to go, the home that we're, a true home, a part of it is suffering. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 5. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands and sing it, brother. All right. <laughs> Behold, I am laying in Zion. A stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So that the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone in, in the stone of the stumbling in the rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So you know that the spirit of Babylon, over thousands and thousands of years, there was a city in a kingdom, Babylon. You know one of the things that Babylon did? It loved to rename people. People came over there with a Hebrew name. They left they, they're, while they're there, they gave them Babylonian names. Wow. 
Like for example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that wasn't their Hebrew names. Belteshazzar, that wasn't Daniel's name. So in this world, guess what? The spirit of Babylon wants to name us, label us, and give us identity that wasn't from God. Isn't it interesting that in our world, they're so, in just they're so, I guess, I guess lack of better terms, infatuated or, or just determined to label us. They want to label us. That's a Babylonian spirit. Who, check this out. Whoever we allow to name us has a degree of authority over us. So here, Peter is saying, this is your identity. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as a sojourner in exiles. This means that that means we're, this is not our home to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, servants, be subject to the masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is, grace, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been what? We've been called to that because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Can I get an amen? amen. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Love the scriptures, 2 Timothy. Indeed, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a scripture that we either don't like or we like to ignore. <laughs> right? 
There's three ways. See, Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter, Peter wants us to learn how to suffer well. There's three ways from this chapter that we can learn to suffer well. But here, I just want to read you a list of things because I think we need to understand and be aware of how we endure persecution. There's 21 ways. Number one, persecutions from righteousness, for righteousness, (coughs) reviling and slander, false accusation. That is a form of persecution. Rejection by men, hatred by the world, hatred, hatred by relatives. Martyrdoms, temptations, shame for his name, imprisonments, tribulations, stonings, beatings, being a spectacle to men, misunderstandings, necessities, defamation, and despisings, trouble, affliction, distresses, tumults, labors, watching, fasting, and evil reports, reproaches, trials, satanic opposition groaning and travailing because of the curse. These are some ways that we suffer persecution. But in this passage, there's three ways for us to suffer well. The first one is don't suffer for doing wrong. How can we learn to to, to suffer well for Christ? First thing we need to do, we need to not suffer for doing wrong. So I was in the military, and right here in Fort Leonard Wood, went to basic training, and this Florida boy, uh, you know, and having this typical Missouri weather, it changes all the time. In September, it was very cold. And this Florida boy, uh, first time he felt some tingling in his hands and I'm like, what is going on? This is not good. I didn't sign up for this. But one of the things the Jewish sergeants told us, he said, hey, when you get in your sleeping bag, you need to strip your clothes and get in the sleeping bag. Well, I didn't want to do that because in the military, you have to get up in a sudden moment, you know, and all this stuff. I, I kept my clothes on so I could get up and be ready. I'm ready, sergeant. I was ready, but you know what? I suffered because in that sleeping bag, my body got used to, it was too hot in there, but all my clothes on, I got out and I was cold all day long. I could not get warm and I suffered because I didn't listen. How many know that oftentimes we suffer because we don't listen? I remember a while back, I told you a story about how I veered off when I was in AIT. That's the place in the military where you learn your job. I I veered off, and I was not looking for God. God started to get my attention. He started bringing people to me and all these things. And it got so bad that I had a dream, and it felt so real. I had a dream that I was left behind. And I was like, oh, boy. So, you know, I got right on the phone because I know my mom, if she picked up the phone, I was still okay because she was a Christian and she was on fire for the Lord. And I called my mom. She didn't answer the phone. That ain't right. 
<laughs> she didn't answer. I'm like, I called eight, not called it, kept calling. And she didn't get home until six o'clock. And I finally got through and she answered, oh, mom, I'm so glad that <gasps> I hear your voice. That means, uh, and she was like, what's going on? I was like, well, I, you know, I just need to get myself right. She's like, get in the church, baby. Get yourself together. But how many of you know, if I didn't get back on the right track, I would have suffered because of my rebellion. You know, sometimes we suffer because we hang out with the wrong people. Sometimes we suffer because we have the wrong attitudes or our fear or our thoughts are just driven by fear. Do you know that fear brings torment? Fear is a form of suffering. God says, I don't want you to fear. But the first way. We need to not do evil. So the second thing is, don't forget. Jesus suffered as an example for us. Let's read first. Peter 2, 20 through 22. For what credit is it if when you sin and, and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure? This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For, this, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his Mouth. So in, in, in the military, the leaders that I really had a lot of respect for were the leaders that got down and dirty with me. It wasn't the ones that was like, hey, go over there and clean the Connex. And they're over there drinking Mountain Dew. But the ones that got dirty and said, hey, let's come on, soldier, let's go over here. Let's knock this out. It's a picture of Jesus. You know, Jesus would not ask us to do anything that he didn't already do or was not willing to do. Jesus has already done it. But here, as my study, this is something that I got. In order for us to be prepared to suffer, we need to prepare like Jesus did. And how did Jesus prepare? As an example, how did he prepare? Through spending time with the Lord, through prayer. talking about spiritual energy that God gives us. So I have a goal to pray at least two to three hours a day. That's, that's my goal. After service, I have energy. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. But then on Sunday, because, you know, I was distracted and I was trying to rest, I didn't take, I didn't, I didn't, use, I didn't spend time with the Lord like I should have. But I went and served at the Hogan house. That's a good thing, right? But you know what? I gave out, just trying to love on those people. I gave out, gave out. And come Monday morning, I was toast. I felt like my brain wasn't working right. I didn't have any energy. So when we're low in spiritual energy, it affects our physical body. And so I'm just dragging. I feel like I'm disjointed. I'm disconnected from God. I was like, Lord, what happened? What's going on with me? He was like, you know what? When you went there Sunday, you didn't spend time in prayer. You, just, you depleted all of your reserve. And now you're working on reserve. The same thing with suffering. Jesus was trying to tell him that 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So as we learn how to suffer well, we need to learn how to spend time with God. Isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't he get up early in the morning? Didn't he pray all night before he picked his disciples? I think one of the major points that God wants to make today is that we prepare ourselves to suffer well and to proclaim Christ through our life through spending time with him. We don't have enough energy in and of ourselves. So in Acts, I believe, 4, Peter was arrested and they were threatening them, threatening Peter. You, you're not going to speak with the name of you're not going to speak his name. They're, they're threatening them. What did the disciples do? They got together and had a prayer meeting and they prayed for boldness. And God gave them boldness and the Holy Spirit came upon them and shook the place. What did Paul and Silas do after they were beaten, their backs split open? What did they do? They prayed and sung songs to the Lord in jail. That's the source of our strength. And we cannot expect to make it in this life and what possibly could be coming even to America if we don't spend time with the Lord. We can't expect it. Like the, 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 the parable of the ten virgins. The one, the wise virgins, their, their, their lamp was ready and it had oil in it. The unwise, they didn't have any oil. And then when they saw Jesus was about to come, they're like, hey, let me borrow, can I borrow some of your oil? What is that a picture of? And, and the wise the wise version said, hey, you need to go buy it for yourself. What's the picture? We have to pay a price. We have to pay a price to spend time with the Lord. It's a price. It's not just the gravy train. It's not just rainbows and lollipops, right? But here's the thing. It's so awesome when we spend time. This is my favorite time of the day. Spend the time with the Lord. Refreshing, encouragement, insight. God wants us to know, hey, in order for us to suffer well, we need to do it like Jesus did it. The second thing we need to do, the third thing. Don't lose sight that God is the ultimate judge. So I don't know about you, around 2020, I saw a lot of things that were odd. I saw a lot of injustices. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. And you know what? I was losing hope. Why was I losing hope? It was because I forgot who Yahweh was. I love the word Yahweh. One reason I love the word Yahweh, because one of the meanings of Yahweh, it means ultimate ruler. So sometimes as men, you know, we, we can be all prideful and like, you know, deduce certain things to men and get with other people and get away with it. Here's the deal. There will be a judgment. But if we don't realize that God is the ultimate judge, we will lose hope and not be willing to suffer. Look at the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, if you don't bow to this image while the music is going, isn't that interesting music, the influence of music in our world today? If you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in this, in this furnace. And guess what? They, the Hebrew boys, the Hebrew boys knew that God is the ultimate judge. This, guess what they said? They were like, hey, king, we respect you. We respect your position. But, but check it out. We're not going to bow. And here's another thing. If God doesn't deliver us, I, we know he can. If God doesn't deliver us, he, he can't, you know. But we know that he can. So we're not going to bow to you. They had a revelation that God is on top. At any point in our lives when we feel like men is on top and they're just going to have their own way, we will lose hope. We need to realize, 1 Peter 2, I believe 23, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself, continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Do, we, do you know that we serve a God that judges justly? And we need to keep that in mind. Here's this quote, this next quote. On October 6, 1536, William Tyndale was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. So without the efforts of God, Holy Spirit, working through William Tyndale, we would not have the Bible in English translation. His last words were, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. He had a revelation that God was a supreme ruler. Supreme ruler. I think I have some scriptures in Matthew 24. I just want to read this in connection with the stuff that's going on with Israel, because I think it's very important. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them. You see all these? Do you? Do you not, truly, I say to you, there will, be, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Do you know that there is some uh, AI, a app, or some kind of thing that it's, uh, you can text and talk to Jesus? That's a false Christ. And they will lead many astray. A lot of people are being led astray by AI. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing of wars, aren't we? Yes. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Are we seeing that now? And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Do you know since... Uh, 2020, there's been more famine than, than ever before around the world. 
there were some of the restrictions of COVID and stuff caused people to not get food. All these are but the beginnings of the birth pains. What is he talking about? What birth pains? Suffering. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations. Do you think we're to that point yet? Hated by all nations? I don't think quite, but it's getting there fast. So this gives us a, so we don't know the hour or the day, but we can know the season. And I'll tell you what, I believe we are in the season. Amen. And this is the time to prepare. This is not the time to go out and drink Kool-Aid and, and you know, and jump in the pool all day. Really, this is the time for us to prepare. And how are we going to prepare? We need to spend time with the Lord. See, these verses I'm going to read next, it talks about suffering, and it's talking about how some people don't make it. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. So you know that during the COVID time, if somebody, I, I heard a, a lady calling the police somebody who didn't, the police on someone who didn't have a mask at, standing outside at the gas station. So, you know, if they have the courage to do that kind of stuff, what's coming? And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased. Do we see lawlessness being increased? The love of many will grow cold. Who is he talking about there? The church, people, Christians. Because of increased lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I believe God is saying we need to get prepared, and we need to learn and focus on how to suffer well. The first thing we need to do is not suffer for good, not bad. We need to suffer for good, not bad. The second thing we need to do is realize and focus on Jesus' example and what he said. And the third thing we need to do is realize that God is in control. Can we say it together? God is in control. I love that study in Revelation because you know what? It showed Jesus as the one in charge that will bring judgment to all these people out here doing this crazy stuff. We serve a God who's in control, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes. We need to be ready to suffer well. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads.